Shalom Aleichem, on behalf of Teach 613, we welcome you to take 10 for Talmud. Babakama Nuntes, Babakama 59b, pagination is 118, starting from the second line of the bottom Mishnah. That means counting up from the bottom six lines in middle of the line, dealing with a case of damages done by fire. One person brought the fire, the intrinsic fire, and another person added wood so that the fire would now spread. It would become bigger and it would be able to spread, and now it did damage. The person who brought the wood is going to be chayiv. We're talking about this last person, the person who brought the damage to fruition. Likewise, the logic would apply if the, re- if the case was reversed. One person put down wood, and a different person brought the fire to kindle it. If the person who kindled it is going to be chayiv because he's the one who brought this damage to fruition. Let's say you simply had the coals and they were contained, they weren't going anywhere, but someone blew on them and brought it into a fire that now was able to catch and do damage. The person who did that blowing is going to be chayiv. The Mishnah concludes with a statement, which will be our springboard onto the next page, uh, the remaining part of our session now. Lipsaharuach, if the wind caused the blowing, meaning caused these coals to become active as a fire and catch and do damage. So Kulam Pturim, the mission statement is the people will be absolved because this was coming from the wind. And of course, there are many aspects here to consider. Was it a normal wind? Was it an unusual wind? All kinds of considerations to understand why and if they would be potter in a case that is presented to us. Moving on to the facing page, Samachamad Aleph, counting down from the top of the page about eight lines, on the words, Libsaharuach Kulam Pturim, that could, there could be a case where the wind caused the embers to become active as a fire and do damage, and they would be absolved. Tanura Bonon, we learnt. Liba Valibzaharuach, if he does some blowing and the wind does some blowing, so that in joint, in unison, they get this fire going, and it does damage. So the ruling of this b'risa is, If there was enough to activate the fire from his blowing, then he will be obligated, and if from his alone it wouldn't happen, then he's going to be potter, because there wasn't enough from him, it was only jointly with the wind. Again, we can discuss 
Is it a normal wind? Is it an abnormal wind? Whatever it is. But what we do see over here is that this person is joining forces with another energy, the wind. And if he joins, and it would only happen because they're joined, then there would be a case where he's potter. Even though he's perhaps planning it this way, but it falls into a category called grama, causative damage. And there are cases where grama, some sort of indirect damage, is absolved. It's not payable or enforceable in an earthly court of law. We encounter such odd cases, creative cases, um, in Sanhedrin, in laws of capital punishment, where they might have tied somebody up in a way where he's going to end up dying. Are they considered the murderers? They put him in a place where the river will reach and drown him. They tie him up so that he can't eat. Any one of these cases, to what extent is the person directly impacting the situation such that he would be liable for damage or liable for the capital punishment, etc.? And to what extent is it considered a causative damage, not punishable in an earthly court, but perhaps Chayev Bedine Shamayim, as we encountered, I believe it was two days ago, where in the heavenly court, not just on a mitzvah avera level, but in a very direct way, in the heavenly court, he might be liable. The problem which the Gemara poses, and which gives us pause, is, Amai, why should a person be potter if he joins forces with something else and wants to absolve himself, excuse himself from the earthly court by saying, it was only causative damage. Lihave, why shouldn't it be like Kizora Veruach Misayoso? Like a person who's winnowing. And we know that one of the 39 malachas of Shabbos is winnowing, where a person throws up the grain that is mixed with the chaff. And the wind blows away the chaff, and the grain, the produce which is heavier, comes dropping down. And that is the means of separating the usable grain from the chaff that we want to discard. And it's considered a malacha of Shabbos with a capital punishment, even though he's harnessing another energy. Now, just that we have the picture in our minds and people understand what's produce and what's chaff. The classic example that we relatively urban people have of this is peanuts. You'll notice the way a peanut grows, there's an outer shell which gets cracked, discarded, and then there's a chaff, a very light additional shell, if you will. That has to be discarded as well in order that the person can get to the nut, which is the produce. That concept is true by the major grains, and they grow 
with plenty of extra, in the words of the Gemara, clothing, extra coverings. And that has to be discarded in order to get to the produce. So the idea here, which the Gemara is asking from, is that harnessing the wind to get rid of that chaff is considered a capital offense on Shabbos. It's considered the regular, normal way of doing it. So you see that harnessing the wind in an effort to do something should be liable. Why is it that over here, on some level, we're absolving the person from damages because the wind assisted him? Again, we can discuss to what extent we're looking to absolve him. Was it a normal wind? Was it not a normal wind? But somehow, he's harnessing the wind and he's absolved when it comes to damages. And when it came to Malacha of Shabbos, he was liable. It's one of the Lamatas Malachas. Let's skip down. Rav Ashi Omar, Rav Ashi said, about a quarter of the way down on the page, when does the law of winnowing apply? That's by Shabbos. Because the Torah is forbidding calculated endeavor. It's one of the fundamental concepts of Shabbos that these are acts of creativity. So if the person is creative and he figures out how to harness the wind, as far as Shabbos goes, so much the more so he's going to be liable. Aval but when it comes to damages, grama ba'almahu, the person who does the damage can hide behind the law of causative damage and the earthly court, if it qualifies, would not enforce it. If it qualifies for grama, or grama benizakin potter, and grama, causative damage, by damages is going to be absolved. So Ravashi makes a phenomenal distinction between Shabbos and damages. This topic is closely related to a topic of innovation called the Shabbos switch, where the developer figured out that a different energy can be brought to the topic, similar to the wind, in this case is an electronic or light impulse, a something that goes on a periodic time, and the person, if they want it to get activated, will remove a block, and once he removes the block, whenever that pulse will be sent on its random interval, it will trigger whatever it is and cause the thing to happen. If it's a light, so there's a block causing this pulse not to shine to the other side so that the light remains in whatever condition it was, either on or off. Now he removes the block such that the pulse reaches the other side it will switch the light from on to off or off to on. It may look very much like a switch, but the argument is it's only causative because there's something else that has to happen 
in order for it to work. Now, some poskim say that all of such contraptions are going to be the original level of liability in all areas because that's the construction of the product. And that's the way the malacha is being done. You've created a contraption. You patent it, and that's the contraption. Imagine if a person would, God protect us, create a gun that works on such causative things, and he would pull the trigger, and he would argue, well, I didn't really kill the person because I just removed the block that caused the light impulse to trigger whatever it is, and he has a whole argument as to why he's not liable, but if that's the contraption these posts can argue, then that's liable. That's called doing the thing. Ravbelsky used the cute analogy of calling it a Rube Goldberg contraption. And if you're not familiar, you could Google it. But a Rube Goldberg contraption is carefully calculated, meticulously so, to create a certain result. That, however, has an additional consideration when it comes to Shabbos. Because as we're seeing in our Gemara, even if causative might be more lenient when it comes to damage, and we have to know the parameters of that, but when it comes to Shabbos, it's far more strict. In the words of Rav Ashi, Malechas Machsheves Asra Torah, the Torah is forbidding a calculated behavior. And boy, is this calculated. It's calculated with a patent in order to achieve a certain malacha that otherwise can't be done. But now we've calculated so well that with the flip of a button, the flip of a switch, you're able to achieve the malacha in conjunction with this randomized light impulse or whatever it is. And that at least regarding Shabbos, would certainly qualify for an act of malacha. Yashakoach, thank you for joining.